A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Star Wars Podcast. We're the Lorehounds, your guides to a galaxy far, far away. I'm David. I'm John, and this is our podcast covering the first five episodes of Season 2 of Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+. We've been catching up on the steady stream of Star Wars content that's been coming in from Disney+, and we've got some announcements on our expanded coverage of the Star Wars franchise. Before we get started, here's a quick reminder that you can send feedback to Wars at thelorehounds.com or Use our new voicemail feature at thelorehounds.com slash contact, and we'll get to those messages to include in future Star Wars-related podcasts. If you want to talk Star Wars with us sooner, join us on the Bald Move Discord server, link in the description below and at baldmove.com. We have a dedicated Star Wars channel, and each show and episode has its own moderated thread, so you can jump in at any time without having to worry about spoilers if you're still catching up. If you're enjoying our coverage of Star Wars or any of the other shows that we're covering, and you'd like to support us directly, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. For just three bucks a month, you get access to our entire back catalog, you get early access to shows, and you get ad-free podcasts for every episode. And you get to hear me ramble about Clone Wars on Second Breakfast. <laughs> and defend uh, uh, some movies that uh, shall rename Nameless, or at least I will Oh, yeah. No, names. I did a staunch defense of The Last Jedi on our last Second Breakfast. And uh, I, I will say, somebody on our Patreon came to Agreed my with you. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Another quick ask, completely off topic. Please take a moment, if you have a chance, and rate our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Like Mr. Anthony said on well, on his podcast when we went on, that's actually little known to be the most useful thing you can do to support a podcast. Absolutely. It really helps us jump up in the rankings. For some reason, that's how Apple Podcasts thinks that rankings should work. It's not about listenership. It's mostly about like chatter about it, including reviews. Yeah. And in a crowded marketplace, especially with something like The Last of Us, any rise in the numbers there help other people find us, and then that makes it more possible for us to make more podcasts. So we really appreciate it if you could at least give us a, a rating, and if you can, a review would be super helpful. Well, David, this is sort of the beginning of a tradition, right? I mean, we kind yeah. of started it with Tales of the Jedi, mm -hmm. but this is sort of our, our launch of our major coverage of the Star Wars franchise. Yep. Do you want to talk about what we're doing? Yes. Um, well, like you have said, you were watching only Star Wars for a while now. I think you're still watching some a lot of Star Wars. I need to catch up on some stuff myself because we have The Mandalorian coming and we are going to be covering that in full. That is going to be starting up on March 1st. And I think we've got eight episodes, and um, we're excited to get into what Mandalorian's going to bring, because the um, last two seasons uh, cross-cut uh, some major storylines, and I think they're going to do some really cool stuff coming up for season three. What's interesting about The Mandalorian is that it's basically the live-action version of the Filoni-verse of, like... Right. These animated shows that have been going on for like a decade. Right. The Clone Wars, Rebels, 
Bad Batch. And then now he's like, well, I'm going to do the same thing, but in a live action universe. And I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And we can talk about both. Now, you have caught up on Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, I've watched it all. Okay. I binged it all because I right. have a newborn. Some long-time <laughs> listeners will know. And uh, he's awake at odd hours of the night. And I need to stay awake because, you know, you can't sleep when you're holding a newborn. And so yeah. I put on Star Wars cartoons. And that's it's riveting enough to uh, to to honestly keep me awake. Right. Now, um, in your review of all that kind of stuff, um, I think you came up. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there about this, but like uh, tying into certain story arcs, because there's a lot of, I don't know, I, I started watching The Clone Wars, then I started watching Rebels, and I had a hard time biting into some of this content, because I felt it was all a lot of rehashing, I mean, literally using sounds from the original Star Wars 77 movie. <laughs> And using plot devices like I, I forget which um, I don't know if it was a Bad Batch or something I can't or, or it was a Clone Wars. There was one thing where the people were trying to escape and they had to escape out of an exhaust port, and I was like, no, come on, really. Um, and for the longest time, it was Filoni who was carrying the Star Wars torch, right? Like he was yeah. the only one putting out regular, fresh content or these animated series. With Filoni, it's the best of times and the worst of times, really. Yeah, I mean, right. like, he, he can write a banger. He can mm -hmm. also write a horrible episode. <laughs> That's just full of fan service. Like, it's like sugar-coated sweet cereal that, like, oh, my God, like, I can't, I can't keep eating this. Like, it's making me nauseous. And sometimes it's not, right? And sometimes right. it's, like, a deep, dense arc that you're like, oh, my God, this added something to the universe. Now, I know I could go out on the internet and, like, scope some of those, um, like, major arcs, but I think you put together a little list, which I need to get, I don't know, did you email it to me or something? But I need to go and watch those key episodes because I cannot run through the whole thing, especially early Clone Wars. That was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we've been messaging with, with John, who you do the uh, MC Universe podcast with, right. uh, about sort of the, the key arcs of Clone Wars, because John is also a fan of the Star Wars animated series. And especially because, so we're covering Mandalorian, we said that, we're also going to be covering Ahsoka, which is, you know, another addition to the Filoni-verse. And Ahsoka right. is such a fan-favorite character who totally. started off pretty lame and then ended up being one of the coolest characters in the universe. Uh-huh. Yeah, so now we're having this live-action show, and a lot of people don't have a good idea of who she is beyond maybe, like, the one episode in Mando that she's in, right? Is that just one episode she's in? Oh, uh, is it only one? I think it was. It's two? a few, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I got to do my rewatch. It's not like you really get to know her. I got to start my rewatch um, to catch up on. I mean, I watched season one and two when they originally aired, and I've got to get caught up because March is going to be on top of us before I know it. Absolutely. Well, I'm catching up too. Um, I did not watch them when they came out. So I'm, I'm going through first time. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll like it better because I'm binging it and I'm not like hyping myself up every week. I don't know. Right. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, but anyway, so people aren't really getting to know Ahsoka from just those appearances, right? So my idea was there's a you know, there's so much Ahsoka in these series in, in both of yeah. them, mostly in Clone Wars, but a little bit in Rebels. And I was like, how do I boil this down to like four or five essential arcs? And so I went through the list of Ahsoka arcs and I was like, these few arcs really tell you everything you need to know to have the basics down about this character. And so what we're going to do is we're going to, if you're a longtime Lorehounds listener, you'll recognize, you know, the Second Age podcast, which is the first thing we ever put out, which yeah. was our preseason coverage for the Rings of Power, where we went through all the lore and background knowledge you needed for it. I'm almost afraid to go back and listen to those. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're, I, I still like them. Okay. They're, they're good content. But good. yeah, we're going to go through Ahsoka's backstory the same way. We're going to suggest... Uh, between two and four episodes at a time, they're like 20 minutes each, don't worry. Two and four episodes at a time for you to watch. I think it's four or five episodes we're going to do, four or five podcasts we're going to do. And each podcast, we're going to talk about a different arc in Ahsoka's life. And that's going to really give you the background you need to have a, a better view of this character going in so that some of the emotional beats hit more. Right. And are we going to line that up once we get a release date and so that it'll sort of flow into the Ahsoka series? 
Yeah, definitely. We'll do it okay. like we did the second age where it'll be right. it'll end right but the week before we do the show. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think um Tales of the Jedi really felt like a lot of Ahsoka prep material as well. Definitely. I mean, Tales of the Jedi is I'm I'm including one episode of it in this okay. watch because mm-hmm. it did adapt the Ahsoka novel which I read this year. So you don't have to read it. So I'll tell you what was it. <laughs> Um, and it and it sort of shows how Ahsoka bridges the gap between Clone Wars and Rebels. It's cool stuff, and I think that we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think it's gonna be a cool way for people to dip their toes in the animated series and see the best they have to offer. Yeah, uh, to know if they want to do the full slog because it is right. a slog at times. Let's be right. honest. There's uh, the the, the D team arc, the droid arc, where they have like I think four episodes where they're on this random droid mission that uh-huh. doesn't make sense. If you can get through that, you can get through it all. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we traded some funny messages when I was trying to watch some of this early stuff, and uh, it was I've tough never heard me. you so angry, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what I was upset was, was the lazy construction. Why are you using the original TIE Fighter sounds? Why are you using the original Millennium Falcon sounds? Why, are, why does every you know, other ship look like the interior of the Millennium Falcon? Like, it was just lazy and cheap. And I, I didn't need it. Like, you know, bring... You know, and, and, and it was weird because then they were mixing in new planets and new places and things going on. It's like, well, just keep doing that stuff. Why do you keep calling back to the 1977 movie? Like, I, I don't understand it. And it really... It kind of pissed me off. because Glazed with member berries. <laughs> completely. If you're going to spend the time and the effort, you know, I don't know, cr- you know, break new ground here. Don't keep just rehashing the old stuff. I don't know. I, I, I have complex feelings about it. That said, when we're going to get into Bad Batch Season 2 here in a little bit, but Bad Batch Season 2 is really good. I'm really enjoying it for what it is. So It's a you fun know, like, time. Yeah, like, this is what I wanted, not some of the other thing you're doing. Anyway, I'm, I got to get off my high horse because, you know, going to keep ranting. It's going to be bad. Well, let's help you down off the horse. Do you want to talk about some of the other Star Wars projects we're seeing this year that we're not going to do full coverage of? Yeah, so we've got three other titles that have been um, stated that they're going to release in 2023. We don't have dates for any of it. We don't have dates for Ahsoka, um, and I'm hoping it's going to be later towards the end of the year, just to give us a break, because this year is going to be packed with all kinds of stuff. MCU stuff, just regular old prestige drama stuff, a um, lot of good pulp stuff. Anyway. Okay, but here's my bet. Yeah. Ahsoka starts the week after Mando ends. Oh, man. They can't do that. Why not? They're going to get people Ugh. hype on this show, hype on the universe. They're going to have Ugh. her guest for an episode or two. They're going to be like, want to still be in this world? Here's eight more episodes. Wow. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Got some internet points on the table here. It's true. Send, send I lost in your- some. Yes. I lost some on The Last of Us, so I have to make them back up. Well, send in your predictions to StarWarsAtTheLoreHounds.com and tell John uh, why, he, why he's going to be wrong. <laughs> okay. Fair um, enough. We have three other titles. I believe these are all animation. We have something called Skeleton Crew, which is going to be starring Jude Law. And we don't know much about it. Uh, the only thing that's been really released is the, quote-unquote, the show takes place during the post-Return of the Jedi reconstruction that follows the fall of the Empire. So it's the Mandoverse. Yeah, I think so. The plot is still secret. Um, executively produced by director John Watts and writer Chris Ford, who made Spider-Man Homecoming. Um and there's uh, been a casting call out for kids, and I don't know. Um, we're we're just waiting for some information. I'm sure there's lots of uh, you know rumor and and speculation out on the internet. We'll see what happens, but I think it's going to be directed more at a, as a type of a kids show rather than adults thing. But I'm not sure. Then we have uh, Visions Volume Two and Young Jedi Adventures, and again, these are both. Um, things that we're not going to be covering. I believe Visions is a, a Japanese anime version of Star Wars. Is that? Am I right on that? I think that's right, and it's non-canon. So right, yeah, right. it's not gonna it's not gonna add anything to the to the canon to our understanding of this universe. But it'll be fun. I, I've heard that Visions season one was pretty good. Like there were some good gems in there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So it says here, 
Um, some of the world's most celebrated anime studios create all new stories in the franchise. I don't know. I'll I'll see. Maybe I'll check it out when it, it comes out and we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it might be Why worth not? checking, going back and looking too. Um, and then lastly, we have uh, Young Jedi Adventures, which um, a bunch of younglings are set to enter the High Republic. So apparently this is a full-length animated Star Wars series that's created for preschoolers, early grade schoolers, and their families. So the idea here is to onboard the next generation of consumers. I'll tell you what they're doing here. They're, they've already released a bunch of YA books for the High Republic, which is supposed oh, to be. Okay. This is a new era that started in the Disney era. So you might have heard of the Old Republic, which was something that was sort of legends. That was the, uh, the old thing that was in the old canon. The new canon, Disney said, okay, so 100 years before the, you know, the Palpatine era was the High Republic. That was like right. the height of the Jedi power. And so they released a bunch of, there are some adult novels and some young adult novels. I've been meaning to read some of them just to get a vibe of it, but it seems like Disney wants to make this the next era that they explore on screen because the Acolyte, which is coming probably next year or the year yes. after, I think that you is were going excited to be about that. in the High Republic era. Yeah, I am really excited about it. Right. Yeah. That seems like you're going to be, that's going to be in a very adult title, I believe. Yeah. So I, I don't think that it's going to be all young adult stuff, and I don't think it's going to be all kid stuff, but I think it it will be a cool thing to finally break free of the chains of the Skywalker saga. Yeah, that'll be nice. And yeah, expand out, because there's a huge history. It's a huge galaxy. There's a lot going on. Right. Okay, so I think that's it for our show coverage. So Mandalorian, full coverage, and um, Ahsoka, once we get a date, we'll have more information about that. And then we'll have Ahsoka, a retrospective, so that it'll prep uh, you for the Ahsoka series. And um, we will let you know once we have more dates for those. We'll tease these on other podcasts. And uh, we'll, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. Are we going to, we probably will at least do a um, Bad Batch season to wrap up once it's over, I would assume. Yeah, I think we'll do at least one more season two podcast. Right. Because the Bad Batch is how many episodes? Uh, 16 episodes. 16, yep. Yeah, it's going to end at the end of March. So Mandalorian will already have been started by then. So we'll, we'll definitely touch base on um, uh, Bad Batch um, probably at the end of it, um, if not sooner. Look, all I'm saying is maybe it's not all going to be top tier quality, but if you were a Star Wars fan yearning for content, Yearn no more because Disney <laughs> will just shovel it into your mouth. That's right. Between this and the MCU, we just recorded our next, our most recent uh, MCU um, podcast, and that's going to come out in, in a couple of weeks. There is so much content. The mouse is just like flooding, flooding the uh, Disney Plus service. Like there's just a ton of stuff. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. You just can't get enough. And now we have Willow too. Thank God. <laughs> we talked we talked about maybe con uh, maybe covering it but then it just didn't work out in our schedule and i'm kind of glad that it didn't yeah right. it was like kind <laughs> of meh yeah anyway what are your thoughts and impressions of bad batch overall season one and season two so far uh so far i'd say i liked season one better but i i haven't really? seen enough of season two to make a decision yet really okay um, I think that season two looks a lot better for sure. Yes. Like the visuals are incredible. I've never seen animation look like this, 3D animation at least. Right. And that's super impressive to me because I've always been like, well, 2D animation was always more detailed. We're, we're never going to get back up to that standard. But I don't know. Bad Batch has kind of proven me wrong. Like this looks great. Yeah. I wish that we could redo the Clone Wars in this style because if you look <laughs> at the early, early Clone God. Wars, boy, is that rough. Some of those first episodes were just shockingly bad. Yoda is like pixelized. It's it's, yeah. it's bad, but yeah, no. I, I mean, it looks great. Uh, the the plot is fun. the The cast of characters is just so good. Like it's mm -hmm. just such a fun team to hang out with. It was hard for me to get into it at first with season one because um, I had just finished the Clone Wars and I was leaving all my friends like Anakin and oh, right. Ahsoka <laughs> and Obi Wan. Although I hate the voice actor for Obi Wan in the Clone Wars, but we can uh -huh. talk about that another time. But yeah, I mean, it just felt like I was leaving all my friends, you know, like uh, my whole cast of characters. And then I just had this random team that was sort of shoved into my face at, in the last season of Clone Wars because they wanted uh -huh. to do a spinoff. And that's a little bit what it felt like to me at first. I was going in ready to think it was a money grab. 
Uh-huh. Because I was like, well, they ha- told the whole Clone Wars story, but they wanted more money out of it. So they made a spinoff. That's what I was going and thinking. Interesting. And I think that they proved me wrong. I think that they're telling an interesting story about an era that's really not very explored, which is the early Empire stage, right? We see a mm-hmm. lot of the Rebellion stage, but we don't see a lot of what happened right after Order 66. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm so fascinated by this series. Right. And it picks up, uh, season one picks up at Order 66. Right. Like it overlaps with the last season of Clone Wars. Right. We see the um, the switch over from clones to just regular troopers and everything like that. Yeah, so so very interesting. Did you know that that's Kanan, the the Jedi at the beginning? Sorry, say the that Padawan again. who escapes at the beginning of season one. Uh huh. That's Kanan. Yes. Did I know? I that? didn't put I that together at first. Okay, I don't know but if I knew I that did explicitly. Later. Yeah, I just assumed that everything was canon coming out of this. Oh no, Kanan. Kanan oh, Kanan from, from Rebels. Oh, wait, the dude with the ponytail? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did hate. not know. Yes. Yeah, the cool dad with the ponytail that like drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he changed his name, and they say that in, in Rebels, so they okay. gave him the name that Kanan had originally. Oh, that's interesting. I did not realize that. That's cool. I like that. That's a good tie-in. Yeah, and that's the kind of memory I'm okay with, because that happened yes. once, right. and it also had to do with the character motivations, like it set in, in motion the crosshair plot. Right. But it like went away, right? Like that that went away. So we don't right. see him again after that. And that's fine. And that's fine because it's stitching together different titles and different storylines. That's cool. It's reusing the sound effects and reusing stupid plot points over and over and over again. That's what drives me crazy. This that's actually good storytelling. Right. right. Oh, I'm going to this kid's going to escape out of this situation and end up in this other show over here. And then you're going to if you're in the if you're paying attention, like that is a cool construction, not just right. like rehashing and being, you know, cheap in your anyways, I got to stop. Stop me. Stop me. Stop me. <laughs> I won't. OK. So what do you think about the music in this, too? I feel like the music is much more unique than Clone Wars and of Rebels. I haven't been paying attention to the music, to be honest, for a guy who likes to really clue into the production details, I can't say that um, it's catching my ear. It feels like a different vibe to me. It feels like a more like action adventure show Mm -hmm. than it feels like a Star Wars show in the music, at least. Okay. And I think that's good. You know, I mean, I think that the Bad Batch, it's it's a group of oddballs, right? It's a group of, of outcasts. Yeah. And I think that that's a cool way to sort of distinguish it a little bit. Mm hmm. But you watched the Bad Batch before I did, actually. So what did you what did you think of it going in cold without any Clone Wars or Rebels? Well, I I yeah, because you were starting to watch Clone Wars and Rebels, and I thought, okay, well, let me go, let me jump over here to uh, Bad Batch and see what that's about because you were over there doing that thing. So let me you know spread out our coverage a little bit. And at first, I was like, oh boy, this is like some weird teenager Fortnite, you know, you've got the sniper and you got the tank and you got the hunter. Like, oh, I was just, oh, dear Lord. How dare you? I love Fortnite. (laughs) So I just sort of, you know, bit my tongue and muscled my way through it. And I suddenly was like, oh, this isn't bad. You know, there's some cool storylines happening here. And and, um, I'm getting some cool backstory about like Camino and and the clones and all this kind of stuff. So um, I enjoyed it well enough for what it was. And then as season two has been rolling out, it's been a lot of like um, standalone. Well, I mean, we'll get into the episodes here in a minute, but it's like so far a little bit disconnected. They're just sort of giving us like the episode of the week kind of stuff. And some of them like could be some of these episodes are like, if I just read the plot summary, I'd be like highly suspect. I'd, it would, I'd be like, really? What are, they, what are you doing? Like, why? Yeah. But I have to say they're working on me. For whatever reason they're they're touching on the the tropes in just the right way. They're they're doing it with a little tongue in cheek. They're interesting and sort of exciting like the one with the racing. I was actually like I was sitting on the edge of my seat when it was uh, you know like at the end of the race. Um and I was surprised. It surprised me. So I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. But far more than I thought that I would. Yeah. No, it's it's a good show. It's a good show. It's a lot of fun. 
especially if you're treating it as a kid show, which you should because it's a kid show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a high quality kid show. And the reason it's a high quality kid show is that it's not pandering, right? It's not like something that did bother me about Clone Wars was like, it did give you a, literally a quote at the beginning of every episode that was like grandstanding moralizing. And I do right. think that that's a little too much. That's a little too on the nose. And then like on the bad episodes of Clone Wars, it would really be stuff that was like silly and like like you say, member berries and really just like a cheap way to make me feel emotional. Right. Whereas I think that in the good episode of Clone Wars and then also the, all the episodes of this, they're like, okay, let's make an intelligent show that is mm-hmm. comprehensible by children but will also be meaningful to adults. And that's yes. why I think that this show, I, I've said this, like the highs of Clone Wars are higher than the Bad Batch so far, mm-hmm. but the lows are way lower. Like the Bad Batch right. has been consistently good. I don't think it's been yes. great yet, but it's been consistently good. No, I don't think it's, I, I, I agree. Like I haven't been knocked out of the park in, in season one or two, but I think you you have used the right word. I have been consistently entertained by both seasons so far. I can come into an episode and feel like I'm going to get a good show, I'm going to be entertained, and I'm going to you know, learn something more about the universe. And I'm not going to have to suffer through some really cringy storytelling from time to time. Right. I, I will say with season two, so far with Omega, I'm liking season two Omega much better than I am season one Omega. The whole... I mean, this is a whole, the whole lone wolf and cub, but like, rather than the lone wolf, it's the, the lone pack, right? You know, they're a pack yeah, of wolves yeah. and they're taking on the cub. And, and, and it's the whole trope of the precocious child, right? You know, even though- She's still pretty oh, precocious. I mean, she does not listen to a single instruction. <laughs> it's true, but I don't know. Somehow they've aged Omega better in season two. And so I'm, it's, it's less of that bitter- tropey pill to swallow um you know so i don't know i i they they've evolved and like you said the animation is good and the stories have just been fun they've just been hitting some good beats here's a prediction i'll make long term Mm -hmm. we know that palpatine relied on cloning to come back in the sequel trilogy which i still think was a stupid idea right 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 i i i do not Defend the the third uh, uh, movie of this of the third trilogy. Uh, no, by me either. By any means, somehow Palpatine returned. You can see Poe's contempt when he says that. Like, he's right. like I don't want to <laughs> say this line anyway. But so let's let's take a step back. We're in the Bad Batch. We know that the head scientist of Camino has right. been taken captive by the Empire to do work. Right? Is this an attempt to retroactively explain? how Palpatine got into cloning himself, and how Palpatine set up his backup plans. Because I think we might be heading there in the Bad Batch. I I don't think you can deny the possibility. Because if you have an errant Kaminoan, 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 thank you, Kaminoan scientist out there, you cannot deny the possibility. That is that is certainly on the table. Yeah. I think it's very possible. I think that okay. we are uh, potentially going to see some real fancy connections happening. <laughs> All, right. All right. But but it could just be they're shutting down the clone thing and that's what they want to show us. So right. maybe I'm felonying too much and that I expect <laughs> these things to just pop out. But why don't we get into the actual specific episodes here? Because I think we've talked enough generally about this show. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're only five episodes in here. We've got a run of 16. So that's a lot of content uh, for this season. It is. Um, and they're a little longer than the Clone Wars, too. I think they're 30 minutes each instead of 25. Yeah. I didn't see the timing here on this list that I've got. But yeah, they do seem a few a minutes bit. longer. Okay. Um, you were suggesting that episode one, Spoils of War, and episodes two, Ruins of War, are kind of a, a pair. So episode one, the Bad Batch plans a risky heist, and episode two, the Batch must decide who to trust as they plan their escape. I have to get this out here before we talk about this seriously. Okay. I cannot stand Wanda Sykes' voice. Okay. And the minute I heard her, I was uh-huh. like, oh no. Is she going to be a regular this season? 
Because, and I'll tell you why I can't stand her voice. Because on Curb Your Enthusiasm, she's so unnecessarily mean to Larry sometimes. And sometimes he deserves it. <laughs> okay. Most of the time he deserves it. But sometimes I'm just like, Wanda, why you hurting my boy? All right. So this is like PTSD from another show. It's PTSD. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to you about some heist. <laughs> you were mean to Larry David. Oh, John. Oh, John. Oh, John. Okay. Understood. All right. So uh, after a tip-off from her friend Fee, Sid sends the Bad Batch to Serrano to steal part of Count Dooku's massive war chest. This was a really interesting episode coming off the Tales of the Jedi, where we got a lot of Count Dooku. And so seeing this follow through in this storyline, I thought was really an interesting way to kick off season two. Yeah, I mean, you never think about the aftermath of the war, right? Like, mm -hmm. this war ended suddenly. Like, all of a sudden, all the droids were shut off, all the Jedi were dead, the clones were being pretty much decommissioned, the Empire was, you know, putting down roots everywhere, and the Separatist army was just gone. Right. That's kind of crazy. That's like a crazy political shift in this galaxy. And now we have this power vacuum in the Separatist area, and we have whatever Dooku stored up over time. I mean, I'm a little surprised that Palpatine didn't have a plan to steal Dooku's stuff, but maybe he was like, eh, I have enough money. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of wealth. I mean, how many of those uh, container ships were there? There were, what, five or six of them? And they were all filled with more and more smaller containers? Like, that was, that was wild. That was a lot of stuff. Yeah, Dooku wasn't a great guy. And uh, no. that got him a lot of wealth. Yeah. He was just taking. And I think that that's something that I think that the Clone Wars does a good job of is, is sort of showing how Dooku really took a toll on all the separatist countries, uh, the mm. separatist planets. Like he he wasn't this benevolent leader. Like it's sort of like he's going planets rights. You know, we're, we're going to be able to do everything ourselves and everybody's going to rule themselves. But really, when you look at what he was actually doing, he was taxing the crap out of them. He any kind of dissent in the in the separatist Senate and he would get them killed. Um, you directly see that with, with Padme. I mean, I believe that's actually mentioned at some point in uh, in the Solitary Clone is is how uh, Padme's friend was killed when she dissented in the Separatist Senate. Mm -hmm. And so this is a man who really like destroyed his corner of the galaxy. Right. And yet you see these people still willing to like fight for their their freedom, I guess they see it as. They don't want to be under the boot of the Republic or the Empire. And the, here is all their wealth. Here's all their wealth that Dooku took from them. And so the Bad Bats is going to try to recover some of it, I guess. Yeah, some of it. <laughs> uh, and ultimately unsuccessful, which I thought was, that was an interesting choice too. Like that they ended on a bad note, like they, you know, they didn't win anything. They, they right. got into a lot of trouble. That caused a lot of trouble, and in the end, they didn't really walk away with anything of value um, other than some, like, tokens and mementos. I will say, um, for season two, like I said, I, I'm liking Omega better, but her determination to actually, you know, get something out of the chest especially in episode two, really was pissing me off. I was really getting annoyed with uh, her insistence of like trying to recover something here. It's like, no, first, you know, make sure that you're safe and protected and you guys are on the hunt. You know, or you guys are on the run here. Like, you know, the, the other troopers are chasing you guys down. Like now is not the time to be, you know, pulling these stupid stunts. Um, yes. Omega's determination was very interesting. And I also, it was kind of interesting how she like, knew she was the one who came up with the idea of using the yes the boxes the thrusters. to the thrusters yeah the to fall thrusters, back yep. to the planet and uh almost getting them killed of course yeah she was studying her lessons yeah kind of kind of fascinating i mean you you do have to think like she is older than all of them right she's right she's exactly. had more time <laughs> to study than all of them combined well maybe not combined but you know what i mean right what do you think about her new bow weapon Ah, it's fine. It feels very video gamey to me. Yeah, right. That feels like something that I would use in Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it certainly appeals for the the kids, right? Like, oh, that's a cool thing. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see the point of it. Uh huh. Like, how does that does that shoot 
harder and faster or something? I don't like what's the point As of having to a, blaster? a blast arrow? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's cool. cool yeah. Rule of cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, people talk about how like a lot of the ground, um, like heavy machinery that the empire uses does not make any sense from a tactical standpoint, like right. long legs. <laughs> so sometimes it's just, we want to have a big star Wars battle and it's fun. Yeah. All right, David, let's take a quick break and then we'll get back to the bad batch season two. And we're back and ready to move on to episode three. The Solitary Clone. Uh, Crosshair is assigned to Commander Cody on a mission to the former Separatist planet of uh, Desix to rescue the Imperial Governor Groton, who's been captured and taken hostage. So we get to see Crosshair again. And there's a lot of chatter about Crosshair and his behavior modification chip. And I think you had an opinion about this. Um, there's some counter opinions out there on the internet. I think it's cool like that we've, we're having this kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, but what's your take? Well, I think it was Pablo Escobar in this episode, <laughs> right? The, the sitting on the bench and the swing alone. And uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of sad to watch, honestly. Like, Crosshair's <laughs> having a hard time. He needs to go to clone therapy. I have to say, when uh, we first meet Crosshair back in uh, season one, episode one, I was like, oh, really? Like, this is just so hokey. But, you know, with the crosshair over his eye and all that kind of stuff. But I have to say, as an um, antagonist to the Bad Batch, it works really well. And I enjoy what they're doing with it so far. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the twist in season one that he already had his thing removed. And I know you're you're going to say there's debate over whether it really is removed. Well, yeah, that's what I was alluding to. And 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 uh, you're definitely on, on the side. I, I don't have an opinion, to be honest. Uh, I think it's cool that there's a, there's a question mark around it. But I think you are uh, of the school that it's definitely removed. I think it's more interesting, honestly, mm-hmm. if it is removed. Now, in in defense of the other side, the... Episode one of season one issue where he's going good soldiers follow orders. That's exactly what clones say when the chip activates. So, right. I don't know. I don't know. There's some evidence on both sides, but I think Mm -hmm. it's so much more interesting if he's like, no, I want power and I want to be part of the winning side. So I'm going to join the empire. That's a way more interesting story than, well, I was programmed to do this. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you. I think it is, it's a, interesting motivations. I mean, we talked a lot about in Andor, uh, gray force users, you know, moral ambiguity, ambiguity. And so seeing Crosshair struggle, you know, is he struggling? He's not really. I mean, he's made his choices. Uh, But then the the whole question of, is that free will or is that behavior chip modification? That's good science fiction question, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something that we should continue to keep our eye on. The other thing that happened in this episode was fans went fucking nuts because Commander Cody yes. came back <laughs> and he was presumed dead before this. Right. He supposedly died in Ahsoka's escape with Rex at uh-huh. the end of the Clone Wars, which we'll talk right. about in part of our Ahsoka preseason coverage. Right. And Commander Cody's a fan favorite, right? This was Obi-Wan Kenobi's clone. This was his right. commander. Right. And he's in the movie, too. He's actually one of the few clones that's named in Revenge of the Sith. Uh-huh. And he's the one who he gives Obi-Wan his lightsaber right before Order 66, and then he orders his troops to escape, right uh, to uh, attack right after Order 66. Right. Cool character. Very interesting character. And and um, Cody and Rex are some of, like, the most upstanding and, like, right. honored yes. clones. Yeah. Rex went AWOL after this because Ahsoka removed his ship at the end of, um, you know, bad uh, at the end of the Clone Wars, which is why he right. helps the Bad Batch in season one. Cody right. was presumed dead because he was leading the charge against Rex and Ahsoka on that ship when they escaped. So so what you're saying is, is that nobody's seen Cody until season two, episode three here. 
Correct. Like wow. this was this was okay. the first time they they confirmed this character survived that ship crash. Oh wow! I, so I had no idea about that. So yeah, people people must have lost their damn minds. <laughs> yeah, this was like a big deal for the Star Wars fandom. Got it. Very cool. Yeah, and it's a very interesting storyline for Cody too, who's like, uh, "Am I on the right side here?" Like towards the end, he's like, "There's some questions in his mind." I think coming up. Yeah, so it seems like the the writers and maybe it's just Dave Filoni just messing things up again um, are going with this thing where like the the urge to do Order sixty six sort of fades over time, like mm. the power of the chip sort of fades over the clone over time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know if that's interesting or not. I don't know. All maybe right. it's a way that you can have more clones sort of question orders over time mm-hmm. and a way for them to assert their individuality more because a lot of the clone wars is about sort of humanizing the clones like the the jedi let them pick their own names um, instead of just their ct number um you know the the jedi sort of talk to them as people and and let them paint their armor and let them do, do things like that like the clones are made into much more individual characters throughout the clone wars and then all of a sudden they are made into basically droids. Like they, they basically are made into right. droids that are just put into kill mode. And that's, that's such a, I think that they're all like horrified by it. Like when Rex comes out of his trance, this is mm-hmm. why I think we should really watch this episode. It's part of our Ahsoka coverage. Um, when, when Rex comes out of his trance, he's like, oh my God, I couldn't help it. I knew what I was doing and I couldn't help it. Mm. Which is horror. That's like horrific. That's right. That's horror. You're killing your friend and you don't want to. Okay, that's cool. Uh, uh, do you have a, a read on clone lifespan? Oh, well, they're double-aged, so they're going to die probably around 40, because okay. they'll be like 80. Right. They, okay. they age twice as fast, which is sad, right. you know what I mean? That's And that was something, that was a compromise that they made so that they could train clones faster. Right, and I knew that there was something up with that. I wasn't sure on, on the, the time span itself, and that means that eventually, unless they make more clones, all these clones are going to die out. Right. Very Blade Runner in that way. I mean, the the only two clones that were made without that age speed up were Omega and Boba Fett. Right. All right. So episode four and five, uh, we'll just touch on quickly because these are real bottle episodes. Um, episode four, Faster. While Hunter and Echo are away on another assignment, Sid takes Omega, Tech, and Wrecker to a riot race on Safatoma to visit her cocky droid racer, Tay-Zero. <laughs> Tay-O? Tay-O? Tay-O. Sid is challenged and by one of her business rivals and gets into trouble, and uh, Tech has to win a race to win her freedom. This is like a reinvention of pod racing, uh, I guess. But I have to say, I knew, like, like we know the what's going to happen at the end of the episode, right? Like, Tech's going to, you know, pull it out and yeah. win. I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat as we're waiting for the dust to clear and for the racers to come out of that sort of wreckage dust uh, the, just before the finish line. I was like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Oh, of, co- of course he's going to do it. But I was like, it really grabbed me. The episode really grabbed me. And to me, this could have been just a completely trash episode. And I was entertained. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I think that Bad Batch is doing a lot better than Clone Wars, which is that, you know, when Clone Wars had its arcs and its standalone episodes most of most of the episodes i would say were in arcs mm-hmm. but they kind of dipped their toe in the arc thing and they made it so that for most of the arcs you could watch each episode as a standalone and they made it so you had to be able to watch each episode as a standalone mm-hmm. even if it connected with an arc and that really kept them from going deeper into a lot of, to a lot of these arcs whereas in the bad batch season 2 episodes 1 and 2 are clearly an arc, right? Like that's clearly right. a beginning and end. And they they don't worry about you not watching episode one because they know you're going to. It's a binge mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and uh, or not a binge show, but it's a it's a streaming show. You can go back right. and watch episode one if you missed it. So that is confidently an arc and confidently lets you pick up where you left off. And these are confidently standalone episodes that don't need to connect to other things. And that's why you can have fun with it and let go a little bit and not worry about like, am I remembering this from another episode? Do I know Mm -hmm. which ones these connect to? And I Mm -hmm. think that that's a really good testament to how this animation effort has evolved. Mm. I would definitely say that season two of Bad Batch is uh, an evolution of everything that has come before. All the lessons that they've learned, I think they're applying here and I think they're applying them well. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. 
All right, uh, episode five, Entombed, the Indiana Jones episode. While searching a <laughs> junkyard for useful salvage, Omega and Wrecker find an ancient compass containing a set of coordinates. Fee, Genoa, and Omega persuade the Bad Batch to set out for the system, where the compass leads them to Skaranal, the resting place of a legendary crystal, the heart of the mountain. What did you think of this episode? Well, aside from having to listen to Wanda Sykes again, it was a good episode. <laughs> I felt like this episode was a big setup for more fee stuff. Like there, I think we're going to see more fee. Don't tell me that. Future. I think so. <laughs> I You're probably right. Think so. so Hondo is is the most famous space pirate in the Star Wars universe. He's he's uh-huh. been referred to as like Space Jack Sparrow. I wonder <laughs> if they're going to connect fee to Hondo at some point because I don't think they have yet. Okay. He's a big, he's a big fan favorite. I mean, he's ridiculous. He's like sometimes really violent and dark and sometimes just like, hey, how can I help you? It's, it's really weird. But yeah, I, I hope that they connect them. I mean, I, I think that, I think that Fee will grow on me eventually if she sticks around. I okay. joke about, I, I don't hate Wanda Sykes. I just right, don't right, like right. her. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's PTSD. It's not. Uh, it's PTSD. Yeah. yeah I'm sure yeah. she's a very nice lady, but. Anyway, um, this was clearly just an Indiana Jones thing. I mean, they, they literally triggered a booby trap that had a boulder. I mean, come on. <laughs> and then, like, the falling through, like, you know, they were walking on the, the floor and it broke free. And, and like, yeah, they had to try that. That's all totally Indiana They removed the artifact, which triggers yes, the big exactly. trap. Come on. Come yeah. on, guys. But I will say, again, I was entertained. The yeah. music, I mean, it was very, um, uh, indie. It was like, I felt like I was reading, watching Raiders of the Lost Ark with some of the music. And I know some other folks have been saying that the mech droid thing, that remind, um, they're really reminded by, was it Zero Dark Thirty or something? Horizon Zero Dawn, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It's a video uh, game? Yeah, Zero Dark Thirty is not that. Um, and I have to say, I thought that that mech thing was cool. That was cool as hell. Yeah. It definitely is very close to Horizon Zero Dawn. If you if you look up the uh Horizon Zero Dawn robots, yeah. It's uh it's got that vibe. There's these okay. robots that you can climb up on and if you climb up to the top you can sync and like with your map and see everything. Uh-huh. Um that's what it looks like. I don't know what they're called though. Yeah, I it, it's, you know, again, it's a it's a standalone thing. I think they're bringing fee in, you know, for some more stuff. But I, I was entertained. I was like, okay, that was fun. That was kind of kick-ass. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. I haven't been having a lot of fun with the season generally. I'm looking forward to getting deeper into it. And I think that we're going to have fun chatting about it from time to time. Yes. All right. Uh, I think that's all we've got to say. Um, we will definitely be back on this um, topic at the end of Bad Batch Season 2. We'll be doing Mandalorian full coverage. And then Ahsoka, uh, once we have a date. We should give a big thanks to our Patreons, our Patreons, our subscribers on the Patreon. Um, Thank you all very much. Um, We have three tiers, and the Loremaster tier is our highest tier. And we always like to thank our Loremasters. We have Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., and newly joined David W., and upgraded Michelle E., to all of our Patreon subscribers, thank you so much, you guys. Um, the support you give us actually makes a material uh, difference to us being able to produce these podcasts. You would be surprised. Um, producing podcasts is not a necessarily cheap activity. We spend a lot of time and you, know, you have to have a little bit of equipment and getting your stuff out is a, is a lot of effort. So your guys' support to us makes that all possible. So thank you all so very much. Um, programming notes. We have um, Maester Anthony over on the Hot D feed. He's continuing his Clash of Kings uh, Electric Bookaloo read-along. We are going to be on an episode with him February 23rd. So check that out when uh, that drops. It was a lot of fun. Always love talking to Maester Anthony. Also, if you get a chance, check out Cocoons of Horror. That's his other sort of side podcast project with his buddy Steve. They break down um, silly horror movies from the 70s, 80s, and some even modern stuff. And they have a lot of fun uh, goofing around on, the, on that podcast. Um, John, Lorehounds, what do we have coming up on our side of the fence? Well, we've got Second Breakfast coming on uh, February 12th. 
We have a new Last of Us episode every single Wednesday. That's such a good show. It's really good. It's really good. If you like any kind of drama show, if you like any kind of zombie show, it's not even a traditional zombie show, but any kind of character-driven drama, watch the show. I mean, come on. Join us over there. We're having a great time. We'll be having a great time for the next uh, seven more episodes we've got. We also have Silmarillion stories out every single month. We just put out a new one on Monday, and we have another one at the end of February where we'll be doing uh, of Aule and Yavanna, which will be a lot of fun. I think that we're going to have a lot of fun talking about the dwarves. Maybe we'll do some Gimli talk, even though that's way later. And uh, Yeah, I just finished my read of that uh, chapter. It's a really cool chapter. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of really cool themes of like the duality of nature and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, think it's, yeah. I think it's a cool one. And we also have a new project. It's a, We're calling it The Book Nook. It's a workshop title, but I think that it's probably going to stick because we can't think of anything else. And uh, we are bringing back Marilyn Arpukila, who you might recognize if you're on the Star Wars feed a lot from our Andor season wrap-up. But also, she's been on a lot of our Tolkien podcasts. I mean, she's, she's been a true hero of the Tolkien lore journey from the Lorehounds. And um, we're going to be covering the, uh, the Earthsea cycle by Ursula Le Guin starting with A Wizard of Earthsea, which will be coming out in March sometime. So we're going to read the whole book. We're going to do a spoiler-free review of it, and then we're going to do a deep dive into the spoilers and the life of Ursula Le Guin, her influences, etc. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and we'll have uh, Marilyn's um, um, deeper insights because she's, as a scholar, she studied earth history and uh, fantasy and all kinds of stuff. So she's going to bring us to that really great dimension. I read the books and loved them a lot when I was a kid. John, this is your first time reading them. Um, mm-hmm. Marilyn's bringing in the sort of academic perspective. So we've sort of got this series triangulated. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be fun. If you've never read the books, they're a short read. They, the writing is, is beautifully simple, right? Like it's, it's not heavy, dense stuff. Um, and so, yeah, you pick up a copy and, um, and join us. It's going to be good. I think Marilyn has already sent me five eps- essays on this topic. <laughs> yes. um, not, not that she wrote. I mean, she's just uh, gathered them for us. But, yes, uh, right. Yeah, I mean, she is very deeply into this and very knowledgeable about this. So I think that even if you read this before, tune in because we're going to have a lot of good conversations about it. I think so. Well, I think that's all for this week. Um, we'll definitely have a lot more Star Wars coming. I mean. Not too far off from now, The Mandalorian is going to start, and then we'll be in full Star Wars gear. So stick around on this feed. We'll see you soon on the next podcast. Thanks, everybody. The Lorehounds podcast is produced by the Lorehounds and published by Bald Move. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. And connect with us on Twitter at thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond.